Hello and welcome to MCU Pod. I'm your host, Grant Davis, and alongside me are our friends of the show. We're excited to have Will Cardini join us once again. Hey, everybody. There you go. <laughs> uh, Randy Lander. Hello. And Melissa Giramonti. Hi. And uh, we're talking about Black Widow, the the movie, the Marvel movie. You may have heard of it. If you're <laughs> here and you haven't heard of it, that's weird. Weird choice. Uh, but it's out. We've given people the weekend. That's enough time to watch it, especially since they also put it on Disney Plus and people can pay 30 bucks to watch it at home if they want. We figured that's enough time. We're eager to talk about this. So that's what we're doing today. This, this is the first movie of the MCU pod, right? Uh, well, have we talked about other movies? This no. Is the first new movie. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's the first new movie. The first, first MCU film that has come out in the, in the lifespan of the MCU pod. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if we ever did like a deep dive into other, in other movies. I don't think we have. So, yeah. First movie review. This is the first film from the MCU that's come out in like two and a half years now. Is mm-hmm. that right? Mm-hmm. Was the last one the the Spider Man one? Last one was Spider Man. Yeah. Did you guys like the second Spider Man? It was okay. I, I, thought, I it was thought it was good. good. I loved, I loved it. it. Yeah, I liked it better than the first one, to be honest. Whoa! What? Which Whoa. makes it my favorite Spider-Man movie. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Except except for Spider-Verse, that's a that's a different thing. <laughs> Why is it a different thing? Because it's Sony and it's animated and it's got more Spider-Man in it. <laughs> Look, I don't make the rules, except that I make the rules. Okay. They're weird and abstract and apply only to me. <laughs> Well, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, the Black Widow movie, but before we do all that, I generally, you know, if you're watching over on YouTube, we want to encourage you that you can go ahead and comment on the side and we can um, we can pop your comments on the screen. Here's Nicole saying, hey, hey, hey. And uh, we welcome you guys to uh, engage with us and chat with us throughout the episode. Uh, it makes it a lot of fun. More importantly, and- Nicole says same Randy, which means Nicole agrees with me. Hey, for, as, as long as we're highlighting comments i just seems like that one should be put up there <laughs> tom holland is my favorite spidey ever he's great <laughs> he's good he's he's the only one who's accurately been peter parker because toby mcguire's garf is awful and says andrew garfield <laughs> well I don't, know, I don't know if i'd go that far uh no 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 that's what i'm saying that's my hot quake <laughs> Yeah, he's just garbage. <laughs> uh, I, I I hear that Tobey Maguire is not even a nice person IRL either. So I hear that too. Yeah, I said mm-hmm. it. Um, I also wanted to remind people that uh, if you are uh, wanting to support the podcast, you can go over to patreon.com slash MCU pod and there you can make a per month pledge. You can uh, become a, what we got here? Uh, a West Coast Avenger. Or uh, for one buck a month, a Defender for two bucks a month, Fantastic Four, four bucks a month. And there's Avengers, Avengers, and Illuminati if you want to go all the way up to 20 bucks a month. We do so appreciate all the support that we've gotten from you guys thus far. And uh, it means a lot to us that we're able to keep doing this show because of you. Because you're paying the hosting costs, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's very nice. Um, thank you guys so much for that. And with that um i you know i only had one other little um element of uh not house cleaning but i did want to mention before we get into talking to uh, about black widow did you guys see the new trailer for the what if yes you saw it randy i'm so excited uh the newest trailer was really cool um both of them it's just got such a good vibe with uh what's the actor's name who's who's basically playing the watcher uh, that is Jeffrey Wright, sir. Jeffrey Wright. His voice, it, it's, it all just has this, this mystical, magical feel to it. And yet there's something a little sad about it. Mm-hmm. Do you guys get the sense that um, at the end of each episode, the TVA is going to come in and just cull that timeline? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure the TVA is going to be around by the time What If happens. We'll see. You don't think it's going to get passed on to uh, I... Mobius and he's going to be just the head of uh, the TVA? 
I think he's going to be the head of the jet ski division, and he's just going to jet ski around different timelines. He's going to he's going to show up like Stanley in every episode on a jet ski. Um, that's that's wow. my that's my prediction. And if I'm wrong, it still it just sounds like a crazy person talking. Uh, that is the best <laughs> prediction I think I've heard thus far. Just, I'm waiting for the race between him and Silver Surfer. Yeah. Oh, I can't um, wait to see that. <laughs> yes, Mobius is new Stanley. That is correct. If Mobius could just, you know, have a mustache and have the the Ray Bans on and just mm-hmm. be on a jet ski in some ludicrous fashion in every single movie, <laughs> no matter where it is, out in space. I I'm with Melissa. I think Fantastic Four. They haven't told us much about it, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a jet ski Silver Surfer uh, race in there. <laughs> Silver Surfer's coming to the planet. That's, that's right. Mobius jet skis past him. <laughs> <laughs> Little high five scene. Yes. Oh man, that'd be beautiful. Um, all right. Well, you guys ready to jump in? We're going to talk about Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we start this the same way always. That's right. It's snap judgment time. Um, let's go ahead and start with Will. You want to give us your snap judgment? <laughs> Do you not want to go first? No, I can go first. I just I wasn't expecting it. Okay, so my snap judgment is that I feel like a make. I feel like the movie was a mixed bag to me. Um, there were some cool action scenes, and I really liked Florence Pugh in it and David Harbour as um, Yelena and Red Guardian, respectively. But I just kind of felt like Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow were overshadowed by Florence Pugh a little bit to where she got a lot of the good one-liners. I was kind of poking fun at the character of Black Widow in a way that was, you know, I thought it was good to kind of like call out, put, I think it's called like the lampshade, you know, like calling out the tropes of her Mm. posing and all that and like, you know, looking sexy for the male gaze. And I, so I thought that was good, but also kind of like, I feel like she got all these good quips in and I didn't feel the same way about Black Widow. And then they killed her. <laughs> and they right. killed Black Widow. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Melissa, what were you feeling? I really enjoyed it. This was my first movie back on a big screen since before, you know, Thanos hit earth or whatever the heck happened. (laughs) Um, So uh, it was exactly what I needed. It was exactly the kind of film that I needed to see to get back into, you know, the big screen experience. I really enjoyed it. I do see what you mean though, Will, with, you know, uh, Natasha being a bit overshadowed by Elena, but at the same time, I really liked that dynamic because Elena just feels kind of like that, younger sister with the attitude and as someone who has a younger sister with attitude I really digged that dynamic um but for me it was just it was a lot of fun it had a lot of you know nods to things that I enjoy like spy dramas in the intro I was getting a little bit of the Americans vibe from it mm-hmm. um so it was just it was exactly what I needed I enjoyed it from beginning to end I have a few little things that you know they probably could have done more with, but overall this was an enjoyable movie going experience. Yeah. All right. Randy, what do you got? Uh, I, as you guys all know, I'm super in the tank for all the Marvel movies. I even like Thor two and Iron Man three. Stop. And, uh, and I, um, I really love this. I, I put it, I haven't ranked in my canon yet where I put it. It's, it's lower in the tiers for me because I feel like, one of the things I like about the Marvel movies is that they are part of the shared universe. And this felt the most standalone of any of the Marvel movies, because I mean, it's, it's, it's over. Like for, we know going in that black widow is gone. So we know that we know where her story ends unless they pulled some kind of switcheroo, which they did not. And, uh, and so this felt a bit, a bit like a, a sort of out of time standalone spy thriller. And so I was missing, I was hoping we'd get a little bit of like the story about her and winter soldier, or a surprise appearance by the same way we had like Falcon show up on Ant-Man and nobody expected it. I would have loved a someone from the Marvel Universe besides General Ross, which is a pretty lame cameo. I was hoping for a little more connective tissue to the MCU. That said, aside from that, I thought this was a fantastic spy thriller. 
I thought that Florence Pugh was great. David Harbour was amazing. Um, I thought that Rachel Weiss did a great job. And I have gripes about Taskmaster, but I actually, I can also make the case for why it works the way it does in the MCU and why they did what they did. All right, fair. Um, I would say that while while I understand how you feel like this was the the last movie and a standalone movie for Black Widow, I think it was an origin movie for the new Black Widow. And in that way, it does actually still tie into the larger MCU because clearly they're setting up Yelena as the, the new Black Widow, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, and it's a it's an origin story for for Florence Pugh to kind of uh, step in and and take over the mantle and and in that regard, uh, it does work and it does a great job I thought of um, fleshing out some of the the details of um, of what happens in between the uh, Civil War and then Infinity War as well as. Um, strengthen the black widow character and mm-hmm. you know this this is just something that was needed much earlier than this it should have happened in between you know before infinity war came out this movie yeah. would have been great right there and they wouldn't need that end scene uh the post credit scene there in that case um by the way we're gonna we're gonna spoil uh, <laughs> all this movie so hopefully you have watched this um i thought that the action scenes were really good in this movie. I was kind of blown away by how um, how well shot and clearly defined a lot of the action was as well mm-hmm. as feeling very visceral. Like when when she gets picked up and thrown into the doorframe, you feel it as her body flings and flails across the doorframe, right? Or up into a cabinet or when they punch through a body through the glass, you feel all the mm-hmm. shards. Like it it has punch and it, that's that's a testament to the the cinematography um the the sound and editing all of it like just it it really has a, a sense that i was like oh I, I haven't seen this in a lot of the marvel movies and i hope i hope some of that powerful visceralness um carries through with like uh the upcoming shang chi movie it's uh, interesting greg that you say that because if you go and compare this to say Civil War, Winter Soldier, which are also very visceral and violent, but they're they're definitely doing super soldier stuff, and so things hit differently. Right. So they're they're, they're doing the same thing across the room, right? <laughs> right, right. There's there's something about this where yeah, it felt they wanted to make it feel a little more. I mean, it, it's not it's not small. That action scene at the end is big and, and imaginative, but it feels more real to some, in some ways. It feels like when she when she bangs off things as she's falling. It's it's you feel that you get that kind of oof like you're watching somebody get hurt right which it's not the same when you're watching like Cap and Winter Soldier throw down because a lot of those sound effects we get the big you know the knockdown sound effects we we know they're like hitting a lot harder we know they can be hit a lot harder this feels like people mm-hmm. um, even when you got something like Red Guardian who has some kind of super soldier abilities you're, you're right it's it's presented it's kind of like in the comics the difference between the Ed Brubaker, Captain America, and the Mark Grunewald, Captain America. They're both the same character, but one of them is like gritty espionage, and the one other one is like four-color superheroics. Right, right. Um, I'm going I'm to pull up this this uh, tweet here. Uh, Marvel's got <laughs> two kinds of movies. Cool ones to watch while you're stones, and the hat ones. <laughs> we are definitely in a hat one here. Um, uh, th- that said... Um, I also really love the family dynamic that they established in this movie. It all the actors, it felt, it felt like family. And I, I haven't seen F nine, so I'm just really annoyed by all the Dom Toretto stuff. Like, <laughs> um, but here, like, um, it, it felt like a very dysfunctional family in a way. And I thought that all of the actors did a great job together to earn that. Um, that said. Uh, both Taskmaster and the dude, whatever his name is, Dokov or whatever. Um, Drakov, Drakov. Drakov. Both felt really not fleshed out to the point where I was just kind of like, you know, there's something really um, dangerous and, and fascinating about Drakov, whatever, uh, that I wish that they did more with a character to make me um understand and and fear and hate him rather than oh we thought this guy was dead turns out he's not dead 
and now his nose is broken and his ring's gone. I, like it was just kind of like <laughs> I don't know. That was like we got like two scenes with the bad guy, and yeah. it it didn't feel like enough, especially for how heavy it is. Um, the 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 sex trafficking and the child soldiers and all of that that was going on. Um, and then and then and then Taskmaster, I don't understand uh, much from the comics, but my understanding is that character is, is supposed to be akin to Deadpool in the way that they are a big talker, <laughs> and uh, um, that's not happening here. But <laughs> that said, I thought the reveal was cool, um, and I would I just hope that we get to see more in the future. Then, if that's the case, uh, can I can I do my Taskmaster corner real quick? Um. Yeah. Do what? Okay. Randy's Taskmaster corner. So, do I have a graphic ta- for that? Task. Uh, probably not. I hope not. If you anticipated this, you're better than Taskmaster himself. <laughs> um, Taskmaster in the comics. Yeah, he's got like a skull face mask. I mean, it's 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 a pretty good translation, but he's a little more garish and cartoony in the comics. And his whole deal is that he's a mutant who can has what they called photographic reflexes. He can duplicate anything anyone does, and so he studied captain america and all these other people and he has a bow and he has a shield and all this kind of stuff but when he showed up basically instead of being the guy who like threw down with the heroes he decides to use these abilities to start a a school for henchmen so he's basically the guy he trains brothers or something yeah he trains up all the henchmen that go that work for all the other villains and then the avengers find his henchman school and bust it up and that's how he winds up fighting them and as they've gone on uh, Joe Kelly wrote a Deadpool run where Taskmaster was like his buddy and they had kind of a friendly relationship and they fleshed him out a little bit there. And then since then they've had him operating more as a bit of a mercenary. Uh, he is the guy who trained John Walker, how to throw cap shield because he knew how to, cause he could do it. And so he sort of broke it down for him, how captain America does it. Cause okay. they couldn't get, they couldn't get captain America, which is one of his coolest moments in the comics. It's a little throwaway thing, but he got to shave some of his present time by teaching the new captain America, how to throw the shield. So do you think that, uh, that we're gonna see Taskmaster be part of um, Julia Louise Dreyfus's uh, crew, then Thunderbolts. Absolutely, I do. Okay, but I, but I think that the the whole the the snappy dialogue and all that kind of thing it would have been nice, but it wouldn't have worked for this movie because this movie he needed he needed to be the Terminator. He needed to be scary as hell, and they did a great job with that. I thought the whole as you showed the pictures, like mapping on what they're doing, what he doing all the other people's moves like when he's using the sword like ronin when he's gets in the black panther pose it's really really cool and so yeah people are making those comparisons to to deadpool and <laughs> to, to ryan red's original deadpool in in wolverine origins and it's not that bad that's really hard <laughs> uh I thought I thought as scary Terminator villain it was good. I liked the mind control explanation for it, and I thought the reveal, even though it was not like the craziest unexpected reveal, was good. And I think that they can redeem the character and make them not the comics version, but an interesting MCU version. I think we're I think I think Valentina is definitely building a Thunderbolts team, which is going to have U.S. Agent and the new Black Widow and Taskmaster and who knows and probably Zemo. And I'm I'm in for that. So that's that, that's my thoughts. Melissa, what was your sense of Taskmaster? Um I did not see the reveal coming. Um I think I need to watch it a couple more times cuz I think I probably lost a few things watching it at a drive-in. Mm. Um but uh I thought it was interesting that no one was immune to what Drakeoff was up to, like not even his own child. And at the same time, some people may see that as, oh, you know, this was his way to save the child. I looked at it more like every human life to him, every female human life to him is a commodity. It is something that he can monetize, that he can use to serve his ultimate purposes. So um, I I did like, I really enjoyed the reveal. Like that did take me by surprise and the potential for this character going forward. And now that uh, she's no longer under this mind control, I'm really fascinated to see that. But uh, initially I was like, my gosh, we've got like a Terminator, but like, like this is the Terminator of the MCU Mm -hmm. and I wasn't familiar with the character going into it. So I had zero foundation going in. Um, But yeah, I was really intrigued by it. And, you know, 
I'm curious to see how in future, whether it be films or maybe a Disney Plus series, how that character, you know, moves on from being under her her dad's control. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we have a few uh, snap judgments from the the viewing audience here. I was going to hit on. Uh, Nicole Jackson says, I feel like Scarlett was kind of sad in the movie, knowing it's her last. Did you guys get a sad vibe from her? I got a tired vibe. Yeah. Um, I'd say more like a sense of finality. Like, yeah. Yeah. And there were a couple of points where I don't know if it was just in the editing or if it was in the performance where it, it kind of felt like going through the motions. So, but I think that might be more like an editing choice rather than her not giving her all to the performance. Yeah, I think she had she had a tough role here. Like Florence Pugh got to be got to do the one liners and got to be the, the new young ingenue. David Harbour got to choose senior like nobody's business. She had to be even more than Rachel Weiss. I think she had to be kind of the mom of this family, like the the one who had like been through all this. She's she's done her redemption arc, and she is just tired of all this bullshit and then she's got to dive back into it and i think that's a that's a hard note to play and i think she played it pretty well also wasn't it her decision to to quit wasn't didn't scarlett johansson bow out at this point oh did she say i want to jump down the pit with a soul stone <laughs> that well, was her goal. no but i but i mean didn't she i mean i i thought she said this would be her last movie or something because they could easily do more flashback movies there's five years between this and an end game and they, we don't know everything she was up to. Yeah, or they um it's the MCU. They could bring her back. They in could. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I did read something uh earlier this week that she was uh you know needed to take a break from from this character because it's just it's taken up so much of her life for so long. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's physically and mentally exhausting to play. And I get that and I, I respect it. Yeah. Uh, Shul one says uh, Black Samar, which is great <laughs> because yeah, I, I was like, is it just if if Florence Pugh's in something, it's gonna be uh, really heavy and somber? And mm-hmm. the intro credit sequence for this movie did a lot of heavy lifting for the audience. For like, here's the exposition, exposition of what you need to know about the Black Widow character, but also setting a really dark tone that a little bit disappointingly um i i feel like they avoided touching too much on afterwards like that that credit sequence was mm-hmm. little children being ripped away and stuffed into uh cellars and and just like the sex trafficking trade and i'm like oh it's it's so bleak and horrible and then it's just kind of glossed over with like nyuk nyuk jokes from sisters who ha- have shared trauma but they're not really touching too much on it but did you feel like I thought the the ending ending fights and stuff were pretty brutal? Like this feels like the first Marvel movie I couldn't show a younger kid. Like even Winter Soldier, as as violent as it is, is still superhero-y. This felt a little like you said, gritty, a little more raw, a little more real. And I feel like the the, the opening credits and that last sequence, even though it's got a lot of bombasts in a flying fortress, but the conversation between her and Drakov is pretty raw. And I feel like yeah. would be maybe tough on younger kids tough tough on adults i i I almost wonder if they were uh you know it's trying to go for a more mature audience rather than make it a little more like as family friendly as they could Mm -hmm. how deep they would have went in on the human trafficking and the child soldiers and all that because those are themes that in in the grand scheme of marvel things like that'd get slapped probably with an R rating. And I don't think that would Mm -hmm. do well box office wise. So I'd be curious, like if they ever released a cut that gets into that, because those are such important issues and kudos to Marvel for, you know, including it. Cause there are ways they could have just glossed over all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, They could have found ways around it. Um, But to totally, you know, talk about, you know, forced sterilization, even if it is in a comedic way and, I have to admit, I kind of enjoyed their banter um, mm-hmm. because it felt it felt a lot like um, friends and family of mine. Like you know, someone says to us, "Oh, it must be your time of the month." Well, as a matter of fact, like here <laughs> we go. And it's to me that just felt very kind of 
I, I mean, I'm partial to gallows humor and sarcasm. So I think that's why that worked for me. But I also would love to have seen what this film could have been if they had have gone like balls to the wall on those issues. Yeah, just really bleak and heavy. And like, do you know that the, the fucking trauma? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. just abandoned us too. Yeah. And the, the only issue I have with that, though, is that the young girls don't have a lot of movies for them. Like Harley Quinn was raw rated and Captain Marvel was, was a good, like aspirational film, but like not that you necessarily want to aspire to be a child soldier who has been sportsly sterile at sterilized, but you, there have not been a lot of female led superhero movies. And I like them to keep it at least a little bit accessible to like teenage girls, at least. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I think that we, we could lose that by making it a little, a little darker, but like you, I would love to see the alternate version of it. That like, what would an R rated version of this look like uh, when are we going to get our r-rated marvel movies we gotta it's, gonna, wait it's never it's never going to happen guys it's going to be deadpool it's, gonna it's going to be deadpool just okay uh shul one also says uh enjoyed the family dynamic but red guardian felt underutilized in terms of action especially at the end i i actually i feel that's a good thing david harbour um played a great um uh a backup character you know he wasn't trying to steal the limelight and i think that's that's good overall yeah that that said though when he threw down with taskmaster at the end it really it i was expecting that to be a big thing and it wasn't it was just kind of a it just happened and oh, yeah everyone was like oh he's gonna die and yeah then didn't. it was like oh okay cool. and <laughs> and also they made so many they made so many references to the captain america thing that i kind of wanted him when he when captain when taskmaster like pulls up the shield and starts fighting I wanted him to notice that and be like, think that like act like he was having a rematch with cap or something. Ah, and they never made any of that references, which is kind of too bad. But well, they, that never even had, I mean, that was just like him telling stories, right? Well, like, there's the, th here's the thing. Was it? He, when in the prison, I would have believed he was, he was just lying. He was just bo boasting, but he asked Natasha, did cap ever mention me? Like, there's no reason for him to say that if he's lying. He fully believes he met a Captain America in the 80s. I don't know who it was, but it's very clear he met a Cap in the 80s. You think it's, uh, what's his name? Um, it, it couldn't be Isaiah. I, I, it wouldn't be Isaiah. Was Isaiah in prison at that point? Well, yeah, or, well, he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd be, you know, he got he was put in prison. But also, Isaiah's black, and I think that Red Guardian would have noticed. It'd be, it'd be hilarious if he didn't. <laughs> that's, that's actually true. But, I mean, he thinks he was Steve Rogers because he asked Natasha about it. So... It, yeah. it implies the existence of a Captain America somewhere in the 70s and 80s, which that is one of the few bits of little MCU connective tissue that I picked up on and was super excited about. Mm. It, but, it was curious, though. I wonder if someone else might have been holding the shield in the 80s and like uh, doing undercover ops. Yeah. I definitely like did not get the... I mean, I remember that line, and I did not get that impression at all. It's like, he's just like so full of himself. Like He thinks that Captain America would talk about him you know, even it like just like the existence of this like antagonist, even if he never fought him. But maybe, uh, I, maybe. I guess I, I guess I am calling him a liar. Uh, David Harbour was a lot of fun, though, as Red Guardian and uh, especially as a a complex character, because all of us now know him from Stranger Things and are are, I think, um, predisposed to wanting to root for him as this this lovable protective father figure that we assumed it was. And then you find like right in the beginning, he abandons both of those girls back oh, yeah. to um, being child soldiers. And it's like, Oh, we have to reassess. And the, the nuance that he has to play with that, that type of character and like the, the damage um, by the way, his, his tattoo here is got uh, Elena and Natasha as the names in uh, uh, Cyrillic or something. I oh, think. Nice. Yeah. Um, but uh, that idea that he, you know, he's he's torn between his service to country and, you know, that's just the, the tragic reality of the situation is that he, he did, had no control. He's just a soldier. And yet um, he recognizes he did something wrong, but doesn't really want to own up to it. Uh, I, I, I thought it was it was played really well because it's a fine line that you see him kind of toggle back and forth on. Well, he's clearly a bit of a boastful narcissist, but at the same time, yeah, you're right. There's that underpinning of there's just enough in humanity in him to realize, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I did something bad. Like I yeah. should have protected these girls. Um, uh, 
Go ahead. I will say one thing that didn't make sense to me in the movie, and I thought it was a cool scene, was like why they broke him out of prison. Uh, I, he's been in prison for decades, and they think he's going to know the present location of Red Room. <laughs> Elena doesn't know it. I mean, well, he just doesn't make any sense. The mom, why break him out and then just hover with a helicopter long enough for all the other prisoners to come beat the shit out of? Him? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? Throw a well, rope or something, guys. Because there needed to be an action sequence. I, that's what it felt. Like. <laughs> And 100%. it was a cool as hell action sequence. It was. I'm not saying it was cool. It was definitely cool, but, but... yeah, it, it was a bit of stretch story logic of the well, why would they rescue him? Well, he knows where the red room is. Does he? No, no, he doesn't. Can I fix that scene real quick? They're yeah. flying with the helicopter, drop the rope, and realize the rope doesn't reach him. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, we don't have long enough rope. Let's rethink this. Yeah. And meanwhile, all the prisoners come out. Then it would have been funny. And it would be <laughs> fine, like why they just hovered there and didn't do anything. <laughs> um on that note, I also wanted to uh, hit this uh one more uh, snap judgment from uh Angel Angeli Bourgeois, I'm guessing. Uh Yelena stole the show, and I'm excited to see what the MCU does with her. Mm-hmm. Yes, hundred percent let's talk about Florence Pugh's character because and her vest and her vest. Cause she was awesome. She was excellent. Um, uh, Melissa, what, what do you think? She was fantastic. She definitely stole every scene she was in, stole the movie for me. Um, and just everything about her. Like I, I, like I mentioned in our snap judgments, like, the, the big sister, little sister dynamic. I just love that. You know, the older one who feels she has to be responsible and the younger one who, you know, calls out all the BS and all that stuff. I just, I thought that was fantastic. Um, I have like the roles that I'm most familiar with when it comes to Florence Pugh, there was her turn in Little Women, which I did not enjoy. Um, I haven't gotten up the courage to watch Midsummer yet, um, but I love her in Fighting With My Family. Uh, when she plays a a wrestler and it's a really awesome comedy. So like, uh, well, it's a dramedy. Uh, So I really like her in those type of roles. And she brought some of that into her portrayal of Yelena, Um, like calling out, you know, you're such a poser, like all of (laughs) like calling out her big sister. Like I I could picture that happening with me and my sister. Like that totally has happened in the past. Um, it, It just, it was, it, it was like the right dynamic. And yes, she did steal the scenes when this was supposed to be Black Widow's movie. But I do like how they've set her up for for the future, the post credit scene. Like I was so, I was like giddy over that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I can't wait to see more of her in this role because I think she might be one of my favorite MCU characters now. Well, I guess she's going to recur in Hawkeye later this year. Mm-hmm. We know that for sure. Do, do we? Do they announce that? that that's that's what we've heard. It's 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 out there that they've said that. But yeah, yeah. Also, like, give me all the Valentina all the time in everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm here for Valentina. <laughs> like, I I didn't know how they were gonna get around. Like Nick Fury, they they if they if they you know Samuel Jackson moved on or. But Valentina is as like the snarkier Nick Fury is even better. Like I love her in this role. She, it's basically in a lot of ways it feels like her character from Veep, which yeah, is what yeah. I love. Like yeah. she's she's Selena, except now she's <laughs> Valentina. <laughs> yeah, she's fantastic, and I and I loved her. I guess this was supposed to be her introduction. This was supposed right. to come out well before Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, but it, it ended up working out. Although I. I'm guessing that they reshot some of the scenes or like rewrote it a little bit for um, the exchange, how that's going down so that it didn't require as much of an introduction of who are you and everything. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Can I tell you my favorite line from Yelena in this whole movie is the bit, and there's a callback to it later on, but the bit where she's in the helicopter and they're shooting at her and she's like, this would be a cool way to die. Like that is <laughs> such millennial Gen Z energy. I fucking loved that. And then later on when they're, when they're about to cut her open, she's like, this is a much less cool way to die. I thought that was great. I loved that. Right. Yeah, that made me laugh for sure. Um, we had some other cool little like Easter eggs and stuff hidden in the background. I was, 
thinking let's go ahead and hit on those. And since we have Randy here, you can also explain stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, because I don't know this stuff. But um, at one point, uh, Red Guardian is wrestling, uh, arm wrestling a dude um, who he refers to as a bear. Yes, Ursa. And, and what is this? Who's so Ursa? The, the Soviet super soldiers, a.k.a. the Winter Guard, is, so, is Russia's superhero team. Um, and they have a brother and sister, Darkstar and Vanguard, and a, a, an inventor named Gremlin who is, a, who is a, um, an Iron Man villain. Ursa Major is a major in the Russian army who can transform into a bear. And I was so happy when they said Ursa and a little bit miffed that he never turned into a bear. <laughs> also, uh, his arm just got snapped. So, yeah. 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 Well, if you can turn into a bear, you can fix that. You Everybody knows lycanthropes heal when they turn into their bear forms. So he should have turned. Okay. I'm just saying he should have turned into a bear would have fixed the arm right up. I think that's an Ursathrope, Randy. <laughs> You're right. You're right. My bad. Um, this isn't so much a, this isn't like an Easter egg or anything, but um, we got the uh, reveal of uh, now I'm, I'm, I don't, I didn't write down the actor's name, but uh, he's playing Rick Mason. Yes. Rick Mason. And he's, he's basically a Q-esque character who like is just a, a fixer. He can like, hand her all the equipment she needs, but who's Rick Mason? So in the comics, this is a very deep cut. There was a graphic novel called The Agent that was about Rick Mason, who is basically a spy who used all these gadgets from his supervillain father, the Tinkerer, who's an old man in the Marvel Universe. In this universe, Phineas Mason is the youngish guy from Vulture's crew mm -hmm. who was messing her. So his name is Mason. Uh, he, Vulture calls him that. So I'm wondering if they're going to make them brothers, maybe? instead of father and son, but they've got to be connected. I mean, I guess there's more than one Mason in the world, but in the comics, they're connected, and I bet they're going to pull on that thread. I'm with you, Eidlons. I thought he was great he was in great. his role. Immediately yeah. um, charming, and in interviews, he was talking about like his, his actual um, relationship with Black Widow, maybe more behind the scenes or in scenes that got cut, is more than platonic, he, he, he described it as, and um, you know, I, I, I just felt the chemistry between the characters that felt pretty genuine. He just was natural and effortless in this. Yeah. Has, has there ever been a sex scene in a MCU movie? I don't think so. There was a near showering together in Avengers 2. That's as close as we got, I think. Um, oh, wait, no. The first Iron Man, uh, we see him tumble onto the bed with Christine Everhart's report character. That's as close as we got. Wow. Wow. That's so ridiculous. I'm sorry. Why do you remember really the names of the reporters and all that? Look, I've watched these movies a lot, all right? <laughs> oh, man. I, that, that is uh, kind of ridiculous. Um, let's see. What is the next one I got? Oh, here we go. Explain this image, Randy. Uh, what? <laughs> do you know who this is? I know. This is... I don't know who that is. Is the character's name... Iron Maiden? Am I wrong about that? That's oh, Rachel Weiss's character. I read something that was saying that that's who she is in the comics is Iron Maiden. What? You don't, Randy. If you don't know, no one knows. What? No, I. I mean, I'm. I'm currently reading all the Black Widow stuff, or as much as I can, because a lot of it. Uh, to do my loose cannon, which is my comics podcast uh, we're recording on Saturday, and so I've been cramming Cat Black Black Widow stuff. I have not run across this character, so she's either newish or real obscure. I yep, you've stumped me. I do not. Uh, do that. It's definitely not newish, just based on looking at some images from comics. It's an older comic book. Uh, you know, just from the pages, it looks like an older illustration yeah, style. I I do not know this character. But, so are these uh, circled screenshots from her house? Yeah, yeah. I think in the background of of her back room office. It had this mask, and so people were linking together that she's Iron Maiden. I think there was another shot that showed that she has like a, a little strip of uh, dyed red hair in the back of her hair, which mm. I thought was supposed to be like a, a memorial for um, Black Widow for her daughter. Mm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool to see more of her. Uh, what'd you guys think of uh, Rachel Weiss's character? We didn't talk about her. We talked about everyone else yeah. in the family. Yeah. 
I that was one of the things that I thought the movie could have used a bit more of was more of Melina. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have learned more about her, how she went from, you know, not necessarily went from, but like what brought her to the U S besides like being with these, you know, like protecting these children and infiltrating things. Like it's the jumps didn't seem weren't seamless in mm -hmm. her character. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I I've guessed, like I've made guesses about you know how how she ended up there and then how she ended up like back in the program when all of them when all of them ended up back into it after you know the kids were taken in that but um definitely we could have used we we could have used more of her uh, the little bit we did get of her i thought she was really um she was an interesting character because at the same time she is kind she is pragmatic and she's you know on mission she's she's a scientist um, she's also, you know, those little nods of like the, the mothering instinct in her, like she, even though she tries to deny it, it's, it's a part of her, like, even though these aren't her, her actual children, like there, there was no completely severing that tie that she has, has with them. So how do you uh, do it for three years? How do you care for a kid exactly. for three years and not have that tether, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think it's interesting. You you mentioned. I think that would have been nice to see more of her because there's a lot implied. She talks about having been cycled through the black through the red room four times. She and as you said, she's a scientist. Like she was the one on mission. David Harbor's role as Red Guardian is he's muscle, and he says that a few times. Like so, you can get that, and you get what he was, and you get everything he was pretty easily. He's this braggart, this this guy who's about super, you know being the Soviet super soldier and he's about the physical and all this kind of stuff she was the one who understood the science and what they were stealing and why they were stealing it and in addition to being a scientist she's also like a trained espionage operative because she gets on that costume and you can tell she's had black widow training so there's all mm -hmm. this implied but yeah we don't ever see any of it and they don't talk about it so yeah i i thought rachel weiss was great and i think they did a little bit of the thing that they, that they sometimes do which is that they know but Rachel Weiss could do a lot with a little. And so they didn't give her much to do because she did great stuff with the stuff she was given. But if they'd given her a meteor role, I just could imagine how much stronger this could have been. So I want a black widow too with Melina and David Harbor and Florence Pugh. Like you don't have to have Scarlett Johansson. This, if you have a new black widow. And so I would love to see more of these characters. And I think Melina's got a whole lot of story you could do because if she was the cold war Black Widow. She was the '80s Black Widow in the same way that was Red Guardian. That's filling in a whole part of Marvel Cinematic Universe history that we have not seen. I mean, N Nicole's asking: Were Elena and Red Guardian a couple in "quote unquote" real life? Um, I mean, I, I think that we weren't even familiar with the Elena character, right? Um, as far as her right. potentially uh, what or Melina. Melina, rather. Yeah. Well, is the question, I guess there's two versions of that question. One is, were they a couple in the comics continuity? In which case, the answer is no. Red Guardian actually is uh, not Black Widow's adoptive father. She was, he was her husband. He was an astronaut who became Red Guardian and then was married to her and then they faked his death. Mm. So in the comics, she's, he's her first husband. Um, but in real life, in terms of like in their, in their cover operation, I think I look back to the Americans where they probably, they, she, uh, Red Guardian talks about them being put together and they have that flirtatious thing together where it's clear that even if they weren't supposed to be romantically linked, you live three years as husband and wife. If you watch the Americans, you know what happens. 69, I think. Yes, exactly. Yes, I that's, remember what that happens. <laughs> that's what happens. It was very memorable. Um, Did y'all feel like um, oh, sorry. Molina's heel turn was, I mean, not heel turn, I guess, if it's you're being good, but I know they kind of like cut that part out to preserve the surprise mm -hmm. that she's working with them. But to me, it's just like, I felt like I wanted more than just like that one, oh, you kept this book, you know? And then mm -hmm. suddenly it's like, oh, I felt like that moment didn't do enough to support her total change of heart. Mm -hmm. Right. I guess I never felt like she, there was only one second there where I felt like she was bad. Like she arguably did less than Red Guard Red Guardian handed the kids over without a word. I feel like Melina didn't, we didn't see what her reaction was to it. So the only time we had her being bad was that she had called the red room and then she seemingly betrayed, um, Lena, but well, she developed, 
she developed a chemical brainwashing program. I mean, sure, that's yeah. like horrifyingly evil. That's true. That's true. <laughs> How long did it take you guys to realize that um, the two girls weren't actually um, Red Guardian's kids? Like in the beginning when like he's talking to Drakov uh, on the air air field, the tarmac, whatever, and, yeah. Kuba, and the girls are fighting and trying to get back to him. I was like, I don't understand this dynamic. What What is this dad doing? <laughs> yeah, that they were just agents. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the girls are agents, too. I didn't realize that until like way later when um, both the sisters are talking when they're adults. And I was like, oh, that's why they're both agents, too. And they're not biologically related. OK. Which, by the way, goes back to a, goes back to a line. They, they did a lot with the little bits of lines we've had because. In Avengers, uh, when when the little girl drags gets Mark Ruffalo over to Black Widow's place, he says they make spies that young, and she says I was. So mm-hmm. the implication is that she's been a spy since she was a little girl, and they played that off here. Like there's a lot of little things. Drakov's daughter was a line, like a lot of little throwaway lines that they used to build this script. It's impressive. Yeah, in that opening in that opening part, I got the sense like Natasha's already been through the program. She's already aware of what's going on, whereas Yelena hasn't gotten to that point yet. Mm-hmm. And so she thinks these are her, like I I think that she believes these are her parents. This yeah. is her big sister. Mm-hmm. She's never really known anything else, and that's why it made that like so much more traumatic to watch that this yeah. child is being ripped away from the only family she's ever known. Even at the part where um, uh, Black Widow confronts her at her at that house in uh, where I can't name the place. Budapest. 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 Uh, where she's like, uh, she says, you're my sister. And she's like, I'm not your sister. Even then, I thought that uh, Natasha was just saying that. Like, yeah. oh, they're clearly sisters. And she's just <laughs> being cold and distant. And I was like, oh, no, I'm wrong. I They're not actually in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that kind of takes it back to Melina a bit. Is like I don't know if Melina was necessarily doing what she was doing to be an evil mastermind. She was doing what she was tasked for the greater good of her country, who she's mm-hmm. working in service of. Mm-hmm. And villains who think that what they're doing is altruistic always work the best yeah. in, in anything. So I don't think that she thought what she was doing was bad at the time. Yeah. But then through these two girls who she was responsible for, for a while and was a mother figure to through them, she realizes, Oh wait, maybe that wasn't a good thing. Well, and it's, a, it's an abstraction to her, right? Like we see it with the pigs. Like she clearly cares for the pigs. She named one Alexi, but then she almost lets it, lets it die of, of oxygen starvation because to her, it's all science. And she's like, What's the big deal? It had 11 more seconds. Like she's a little bit cold and scientific. And I think that that is what we get is maybe that she had not made that connection of, Oh wait, these are people. I think that one of the other elements that kind of bugged me is how awful and traumatizing of a life all these women had. Um, uh, through the the red room program and what i i i understand seeing that um seeing that natasha and yelena both are are very in control of the moment they they handle themselves with control but for me for how intense everything was set up i think i wanted a little bit more of letting loose with just pure rage just just anger and and rage distilled into just like channeling that into the moment to emphasize all of how how awful that trauma was like more of like a wolverine berserker kind of thing you know (laughs) like i i wanted to I, i wanted that cathartic just delivery of that and i don't know that that might have underscored what they were presenting a little bit more for me. I I think that would have been great with Yelena. Mm -hmm. Um, With Natasha, I think she's already kind of worked through those issues. So by this point in her story, she's beyond that. Like she's dealt with her rage. Mm -hmm. So that her not totally, you know, raging out in, in this film, 
I get that. Mm-hmm. It would have really made sense for Yelena to to have more of that, to have more of that catharsis because she's still early on in her journey after after the Red Room. But also every t- every time we've ever seen Natasha throughout the MCU, no matter the situation, she's always a hundred percent calm. It doesn't matter whether she's being like backed into a corner during Civil War, when she sort of switched sides, when she's fighting Hawkeye, like she's always a little bit flip. When she's being she's, she's interrogating a god who basically like threatens to have her best friend, you know, torture and murder her, she the only emotion she shows is fake to get him to give up information. Like she is so in control and has been. And I think that that's and meant that, to be so the way sense. She, that's the way you she know. processed her trauma. Yeah, I, you know, if they're going to make other concessions for for plot over pure character motivation, this is one where I would have also done it. I guess. Yeah, give I us that. the uncharacteristic rage just coming out to to sell that. Um. Oh, I had a few more uh, cool little Easter eggs I wanted to point out. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if this one is intentional or not, but I'm gonna pull it up here and get your thoughts. Here's a picture of, of Taskmaster uh, when fighting Red Guardian. And what is going on here on the wrist? Is that Wolverine claws that came out? No, it's just a knife, Grant. There's no Wolverine claws. Is that not Wolverine claws right here? No, he has to have three to be Wolverine claws. I don't know. I thought maybe it was Wolverine claws. I, was I don't, I I was don't think excited. so. I don't is, think so. Is it made of adamantium? <laughs> <laughs> i can i'm gonna read into this how i i want randy no that knife is actually mephisto mm. oh. <laughs> that makes sense kind of mephisto. um uh they made a reference to the crimson dynamo they did explain crimson dynamo mm-hmm. is iron man's ultimate number alternate number his name is anton vanko which is a name you may remember from iron man 2 you may not because a lot of people choose not to remember iron man 2 but uh, whiplash's father was anton vanko who is crimson dynamo and so i don't think they're actually going to use this armored soviet character so they just did a bit where they like someone called him the crimson dynamo and he's like no it was the red guardian you know that oh okay um another cool one was uh this is not in the movie but in the what if trailer, we see Natasha um, essentially as another version of like a Captain America, it looks like. Or is she or a Red Guardian? looks like a Red Guardian shield. And maybe she's fighting uh, Captain Britain. Yeah. Yeah. She may be uh, Captain Carter's nemesis or something. Yeah. But uh, that'd be cool. cool. That, was, that was pretty nifty, I thought. Um, and then uh, I'm not sure what other images I have here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I also have this. Uh, this is unrelated to this, but um, on Friday we're going to be talking about the final episode of Loki, and um, you know, just uh, on episode five, Melissa and I were talking about uh, the Wizard of Oz characters, and I told her that I was going to make a, a Photoshop of all of them as Wizard of Oz characters. And I Dream, dreams do come true, kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got them all, including little uh, little Toto. I- I did not uh-huh. notice Alligator Loki, Loki as Toto in the picture the first time I saw it. That's fantastic. And if we're talking about more general MCU stuff, today's Emmy nominations came out and holy smokes, WandaVision. Yeah. I was super excited. I thought this was something that would be overlooked by mm-hmm. the Emmy the Emmy voters, and uh, they got something right. So I'm, I'm yeah. thrilled with that. <laughs> but, they, but they also nominated Don Cheadle for Best Supporting Actor in Falcon and Winter Soldier. And even Don Cheadle is like, what? What are you talking about? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Those- those five minutes were apparently the most important minutes of all the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Was he even in it for five minutes? No, it's like two. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's really brief. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess, is there anything else that uh, we missed on uh, talking about this? I would like to talk about the action as a general thing. Okay. The yeah. action in this movie is, on, I mean, I expect great action from Marvel, but that scene at the end where they're coming, they're they're fighting on the debris of a falling red room I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Like, I don't think Point Break's ever done anything like that. The closest is maybe the fight in the dimensional thing at the end of the Spider-Verse. But mm. even that's very different. Like, the notion of, like, using gravity in that way and, like, fighting on fighting on buildings as you're falling, like, that was a really cool action sequence that I don't think I've seen done before. Yeah, it was awesome when they smashed through. Yeah. One. 
Yeah, that was really good. I thought the 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 action sequence uh, when they go to rescue Red Guardian was pretty spectacular. I thought the chase on the motorcycle and the uh, Taskmaster's big old tank was really really well done. They gave that a lot of presence. I think it, honestly, I I did see Fast Nine and I love Fast Nine, but this this gave Fast Nine a run for its money as far as like cool vehicle stunts and action and there's borderline crazy action sequences. Okay, uh, going back to that city chase scene. Yeah, uh, my. I was watching this movie with my wife and she was like, why did they steal an SUV? Like <laughs> normally in a movie like this, they would steal a sports car, right? Yeah. But Natasha and uh, Yelena steal an SUV. And she was like, I don't know, maybe SUVs are marketed towards women more or something like that. Mm. But I thought that was like an interesting detail in there. I thought it was for the terrain. Aren't they in like Norway? I thought maybe it was no, more this like was when they're in Budapest. Oh, okay. Huh. I don't know. I did. But maybe it's it's got the it's got weak door hinges and that's why <laughs> they seal down. That was a sweet sequence, by the way, when Yelena flips the car around and then opens the door to have that smack into the bike. I was like, oh, yeah, that was so good. Yeah. 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 That, that was a that was like in a Jackie Chan movie or something. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else that uh, you guys wanted to touch upon? I'm just curious. Did everybody who saw this in the theater, who saw this at home? I uh, saw it uh, well at a drive-in because our theaters don't open till later this week. Right, but you got big screen experience. Yeah, as big as I possibly could from yeah, four yeah. rows back. Yeah, I saw it in a theater. Really? Okay. Yeah, I saw it at home. I also saw it at home. A, fr- a friend has a home theater, so we went over to his place and he like made popcorn and everything. So I got kind of the mini, the mid theater experience, but I kind of. I would have liked to see it there, and I do wonder if part of the, part of the reason it was not as uh, overwhelming for me, why I didn't love it as much, is because I saw it at home. Like there is something to seeing something in a theater uh, for the first time. So, yeah, it, it was cool going in there. There was like four other people in the theater, and mm. you know the the weird thing about four other people in the theater is is that I'm I sat right all... next to them yeah, and I held their hand the whole movie. Next to each other. <laughs> yeah. like, I, the weird thing was Grant sat down next to them, held their hand through the whole movie and kept whispering things to them about the Marvel Universe. And <laughs> that was the really weird thing. That Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> I was very helpful. They appreciated me being there. I, I'm like, hey, I have a year of talking to myself during movies at my house. I don't know I'm not supposed to talk in a theater anymore. <laughs> uh, no, but it was it was still a cool experience just getting back into a theater and just seeing it massive on the screen. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, but I, I had a recliner. Nice. Oh, it was kind of sweet. I had I've a recliner been to the drive-in a couple of times, but I've not been back in a theater yet, so... I went back nope. to the theater to see Quiet Place 2 and to see Fast 9, and I was very happy with both those experiences. So, um, Well, I, I guess the one other thing that we, we kind of touched on, but we we didn't fully you know dive into, is where this movie leaves off. Okay, yeah. A, it does something kind of weirdly dumb um, where they have to have some reason why Black Widow can't get on the, the helicarrier with everyone else to peace out of there. She's like, oh no, I'll stay and talk to General Ross who uh, obviously wants to arrest me in, in the uh, on the raft or whatever. I don't know why she stays, but somehow she just gets out of that. We don't see how, but two weeks later she's, she's out and she's mm-hmm. on the run and she's somehow also gotten um, her own Quinjet. Yeah. So I have two thoughts on this. The same way I have mixed feelings about Taskmaster. The bad is that I'm like, man, I really want to see that Secret Avengers era. I want to see how Cap formed his team and how that, you know, what they were doing on the run. I want a whole movie or series about that whole thing. And so I'm bummed we got nothing. Like she just gets two weeks later, she's out. On the other hand, I love that basically Ross is Ross taking her into custody is such a non-issue for her. They didn't even bother showing how she escaped. She's like, of course she escaped. You think that's what it is? You think that yeah. he actually did take her into custody oh, and she just escaped? Hundred percent. I think he took her into custody and she was like, Okay, I'm done. I'm getting out now. I actually yeah. think that's what happened. I yeah. just figured she's like, I'm gonna go hide under another dead body over here and then I'll just like not even have to deal with him. No, I figure she was in custody because she, she when she's talking to Ross early on, she's like, Look, you don't want to do this. I'm already gone. Like, you don't don't bother. 
And it, the the implication, I think, is very much that she doesn't take him seriously as a threat. Yeah. That that she can just break out any time. And I, and I liked that. I think that's kind of a cool implication. No, I got the same impression as Randy, but I also didn't think it made sense. Like, I just thought she would just, like, peace out of there. Like, what's she going to tell him that he couldn't figure out already? I don't know. Right. Sure. He's like sent all the data or whatever. I guess maybe she still right. had that little chip card. I don't know. No, she gave that to her, her sister. So yeah. again, what was she doing there? Oh, yeah. and then what's the deal? What's the deal with Mason getting the Quinjet? How, yeah. does, how does one just get a Quinjet? How many Quinjets are there? Like, where did he <laughs> just pick one up? You know, there were a bunch on the deck. Maybe he got one that that fell into the into the harbor during Winter Soldier. There were a bunch of those on the deck of those helicarriers. Maybe he fished one out and dried it off, and he had to dry it off the whole movie, and that's why he, he couldn't a, use it during the movie. He had a really good valet costume. Yeah, he <laughs> called your, your Quinjet for you. You know how if your house gets any like, yeah, he just he just got a valet. <laughs> You know how when your house gets like, if you get some flooding, you got to call those guys in with the big fans. He probably <laughs> just had big fans running on that Quinjet during the whole movie, you know, the whole two weeks. And then he's like, I finally dried out this Quinjet that I got out of the bottom. A lot of, of sawdust. A lot yeah. of sawdust. Yeah, it smells up. mildewy and terrible in that Quinjet. They don't talk about it, but it's, <laughs> yeah. But it works. It's fine. Um, and then, yeah, okay. Um, Yelena. Black Widow's dead. Um, Yelena's visiting the grave. She does the whistle. And everyone who watched this thought we were going to hear the whistle back. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We don't hear the whistle back. Nope. But she's part of this group that seems to be getting recruited by um, Julie Dreyfus because no one's going to remember that other long name. Countessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Thank yeah, you. no one else is going to remember that. She needs a shorter <laughs> name. Needs to be a lot shorter. Shield. I think they call. I think some people call her Val. Val. I yeah. think. I think Yelena calls her Val. Yeah, she told. I didn't. I think she told Walker to call her Val, and then told her told him not to. So I think it's a that's a thing. Yeah. Okay, Val. Val works. Um, Val shows up. She's re- obviously recruiting people, and we know that she has. Um, she has the, the poor man's Captain America in her pocket, and then yep. she's got. Um, Taskmaster, presumably, and then Yelena, and maybe all those widows. Uh, maybe all those widows, but maybe. also, um, Ross, uh, uh, yeah, Thunderbolt Ross, um, General Ross, he was acting kind of sick in mm-hmm. the movie, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't feeling well, and I guess the implication there is that uh, we're gonna get Red Hulk, maybe. You think? I mean, the Thunderbolts has had a, a huge, a different rosters. Um, U.S. agents never been a part of them that I know of, but and neither is Black Widow. But um, Ghost from Ant Man and Wasp was a member of one of the teams. Okay, so they could bring her in. I I definitely think they're building towards doing their version of Thunderbolts, which Thunderbolts has been multiple things. But I think one of the things it's been is basically Marvel Suicide Squad, the Redemption Squad, and I think that's probably the route they'll go here. I, we still don't know who Val works for. Is it Shield? Is it Strike? Is it something new? Is she a private contractor? We have no idea. I saw, yeah, this is Reddit, so whatever, grain of salt. But I saw someone on Reddit post that in the very beginning of of Black Widow, she's talking on the cell phone to Ross, mm-hmm. and she says, um, "You seem really desperate." And at the very end of the movie. Yelena uh, is talking to Val and says, you just seem very desperate. Yeah. And I thought uh, someone was like, is this some way of saying that Yelena or that Val and Ross are working together and that there is a tie between those two for whatever the secret project is that uh, Val's into? Maybe so. I mean, I thought maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but at the same time, I, I like the implication that we might get Red Hulk mm-hmm. and um, that you know, William Hurt gets to play him because <laughs> that's <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah, and then otherwise she's going after Hawkeye. Yeah, and I it'll be weird that we're presented with this. Yelena's definitely operating in the gray, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. she was an assassin, kind of like Black Widow, and yet we were rooting for her as the hero taking down the Red Room in this movie. But that doesn't mean that overall 
she can't just fall back to being um, a an assassin for hire. <laughs> I guess she yeah. could be a, a villain. And her going head to head against Hawkeye could be a, a neat way to have a um, Hawkeye and Black Widow movie. Well, also Natasha TV show. Was, Natasha was recruited by Hawkeye after she was sent to kill him. So there's some nice parallels there. If, if basically he gets to also help save Natasha's younger sister, and that'll be a fun relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the whistle, <laughs> whatever. And then uh, yeah. uh, she'll rise from the grave. Somehow <laughs> the multiverse will bring another version back because yeah. that's what we're heading toward. <laughs> and uh, no one who ever signs a contract with Marvel ever gets to die <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> um all right i think we're done unless you guys have any other uh closing thoughts will i got nothing nothing we'll yeah we'll see i i hope they do thunderbolts i think that would be cool to see uh melissa i'm i'm here for Ma- more val and i'm here for more elena so bring it on and on friday more loki Maybe. Oh, good God. I'm not going to be able to sleep like <laughs> tonight waiting for it. That's right. <laughs> we could just talk for another like, like uh, two hours until everyone can just watch Loki. It's <laughs> like it's like four hours, man. Is it four? It's like four hours. Oh, yeah. wow. I, midnight Pacific, right? Yeah, I, I am going to probably stay up tonight to watch it because I'm dying to see how it ends. Uh, Randy, any closing thoughts on Black Widow? Uh pretty happy with i think it's a solid act i wish that they had put this out between civil war and everything else like after civil war is clearly when this was supposed to be released but for whatever reason they didn't make the movie then and i wish they had and i feel like it would have informed black widow going forward and it probably would have hit harder uh when she when she died in endgame if we if we had known she had a family if we had known all this stuff i think it'll be really cool for anyone new watching this movie um to watch them in order and have this mm-hmm. or infinity war yeah except that any friend that recommends this needs to say do not watch the post credits right don't watch the post credit scene it's gonna be just like what captain marvel and some of those where it's like you can watch it out of order but it's gonna give stuff away <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah just don't watch the post credit scene you're fine yeah. you're fine yeah um, yeah, and for my part, it was cool having uh, Marvel movies back. I am excited to get to watch. Uh, I think Shang-Chi is going to be the next one in theaters mm-hmm. uh, in like uh, November or so. Mm-hmm. September. Um, September? Sweet. Yep. Even sooner. Um, and that one looks badass. Uh, I'm going to try and see that in IMAX or something. <laughs> but uh, I want to say thank you to all of you guys who joined us here on the show. I know that we usually we do these on Friday, and this was a a bit of a last minute throw it up uh hey we're gonna we're gonna talk about this tonight but um the fact that you guys were able to jump on and join us was really cool appreciate y'all and we will be back on friday to talk about loki the season finale um hopefully not series finale i hope that we just get seasons and seasons of loki (laughs) there's at least gonna be two seasons because no way they did not confirm a second season i thought they yeah even before the first episode aired i don't think they have Mm, i think you see this on screen rant i think i think you're being a trickster right now (laughs) (laughs) just give me all the hittles straight into the eyes (laughs) i would take it season two is only about alligator loki it's all (laughs) it's the same show but from Alligator Loki's point of view. <laughs> I'd watch it. That's yeah, me yeah, 100%. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see if that's what we get. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll be back on Friday. Um, until then, MC you later. <laughs>